Welcome to the Self Love Breakfast Club, where we have honest conversations about health, wellness, and of course, self love with amazing women who aren't afraid to give it to us straight. Real life, real advice, and no BS. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and today I'm serving self love for breakfast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Self Love Breakfast Club. Super cool episode today. As you know, and as I talk about all the time, I am a nutrition coach and I just started hiring other coaches and building my nutrition coaching business. So today we have a super awesome treat. We have Danny Gallant. She is one of my coaches. She's so fun. She's so cute. She is a mom of four. Like, holy shit, right? Like a mom of four. <laughs> she's a very busy, she's a nurse and happily married, like doing all of the things, lifting all the weights, just had back surgery. So I thought it'd be a really awesome episode to have her come on and we can just kind of like jam on pregnancy, postpartum, just like the body image space after you've had children, because I do not have kids. I've got some fur children and it's totally different. <laughs> so I hear. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Danny. So happy to have you today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Let's like dig on into this. Okay. You've had four kids yeah. and you are, are constantly running around chasing these kids and whatnot. But like, can you just kind of talk about the process? Like even just from like a coach's perspective, like when you were pregnant and just kind of like how you focus on your food and like postpartum and just like, what do you feel like is, has been important to you through this whole process? The most important thing to me, I think, is really giving yourself grace because no matter how fit you are going into a pregnancy, especially if it's your first, but really any pregnancy because each of them are different, you really just don't know how your body is going to react to that pregnancy. I've had four kids, four different pregnancies, and each one has been different. I've gained a different amount of weight. I've had different energy levels, and I feel that that's typically the case for most women. Most women say their pregnancies were all different and they gained different amounts of weight. So you really just don't know. Your hormones are all over the place. There's no way to really gauge what that's going to be or what your activity level is going to be or what food you're even going to be able to eat. I mean, food aversions are so common that some people can seriously only eat bananas for like mm -hmm. months. Anything, yeah, anything else like turns them off. And you don't know. So you've got to have that grace and remember that it's going to be so temporary. Like when you're in it, it's the same thing I tell everybody about the newborn phase too. When you're in it, it feels like it's going to last forever. You almost can't see the finish line. But when you look back onto it after, you know, you've gotten past it, it's just this little blip in the radar of time. Like it goes by so fast and you know, you're growing a person and your body is going through all of this crazy stuff and you do the best you can. You try and stay active if, you know, your pregnancy and your doctor allow it. Try and eat as well as you can within what you can stomach. I mean, if certain things are going to make you puke them up, <laughs> you, can't, you can't eat that, you know. So you just give yourself that grace and kind of expect the unexpected and be able to roll with the punches and kind of go with it. 
Yeah. A couple of really good points there. So like one, the food aversion thing. I mean, we always stress like protein, protein, protein. And like, I had a client who was pregnant and she was like, I cannot even look at a chicken boob. Like I can't even look at it. I want to die. And like, I just cannot do it. And it was like such a struggle. So yeah, like you're not always going to get to eat like you think you should or what you have to because of that. Exactly. So because of that, you know, I know people who have trapped during pregnancy when it comes to their food. I know people who haven't. And I think that depends on where you are in your journey with fitness and where you are with, you know, what your doctor wants you to gain regarding pregnancy. For me, I didn't really track much during pregnancy because I knew I just had all these food aversions to the things that I normally ate. And I also have been tracking my food and, you know, dieting and doing this stuff for so long that I also have a pretty good idea of what I should be eating. So I didn't feel like for me in my last pregnancy that I really even needed to be tracking. Like my pregnancy was high risk. I had a lot going on. I was in a lot of pain because of my back issues and stuff. And I was staying as active as I could. And so for me, I know what to do. I know what I'm doing. Like I can get this back after I'm not going to go crazy and overeat because again, I'm experienced with this. So I wasn't someone who personally needed to be tracking every single macro Hmm. during pregnancy. And that was just personally for me, what I did. And I was gaining more weight this past time than like I expected because I couldn't work out as much. And I had aversions to like all of the normal stuff that I ate and preeclampsia and all of these things that just, you know, I had a lot of water weight gain and they're just things that you can't really expect. Like I didn't expect for my back to be so screwed up and not to be able to work out. Yeah. I think it's a really good point too. Like going into a pregnancy, like being super fit. I think there's so much pressure for women to like emerge and then be like, you know, that whole bounce back, you know, which is just like, Oh my God, take your time. I actually loved what Erin, our other nutrition coach, posted recently about like my body is not a business card. Mm. That really, really resonated with me being postpartum and like starting my own brand and essentially business as like a new nutrition coach because I felt like I almost put that pressure on myself sometimes to kind of use my body as a business card. You feel that pressure when you're someone in the fitness and nutrition industry and like being postpartum and just having a baby just looks different for everyone. And again, it's because of the hormone imbalances. It's because your baby may sleep and my baby may not. And that's going to affect my body. Like, you know, I may be nursing more or less than someone else and that's going to affect the calories that I burn my genetics are different. Like everybody is just so different and I'm not going to rush this process just because I'm a coach and I want to look a certain way. So that really just kind of helped put that into perspective for me. When I saw that post, I was like, that's freaking awesome. And people don't come to you to work with you because of what your body necessarily looks like. They come to you to work with you because of your philosophies and your knowledge and everything else. So just kind of reminding myself that as well. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's a balance between like the knowledge and then also the application, you know, cause it's like, like we've seen, like, obviously we've seen you in between being pregnant, not being pregnant before, after, you know, and like in all these different spaces, like we know that, you know, that, and we know that you can apply this to yourself. Right. So like, we don't all need to walk around like these like perfect little <laughs> stage ready bodybuilders. I mean, who wants to do that? But <laughs> 
you know, stage ready bodybuilders. And it's like, we have that application, but yeah, I mean, as a coach, there's a ton of pressure. I mean, and then I think being postpartum actually magnifies it, you know, because you have that pressure to bounce back and your coach. There is because you already feel this pressure as a woman in this postpartum world where you see all these celebrities who like eight weeks after baby and they have like no loose skin and no tummy and no any of that. And you're like, wait, what? And then you go into, especially if you're like a first time mom or, you know, a young mom or whatever else you go into that a lot of times thinking like that could be you, especially if you were in shape before getting pregnant and you expect that you're just going to snap right back. And it's just different for everybody. Yeah. And like we were saying, just even how each pregnancy is different. You know, I think like women who've had one child are like, okay, I know what to expect now. And then right. they, they go in their second one, they're like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> my second pregnancy was probably my hardest of all four, just because of that. I had expectations from my first of how things were going to go. My second pregnancy, I think, was the hardest out of my four because of the fact that I had all of these expectations from my first pregnancy. That was a relatively easy pregnancy for the most part and relatively easy postpartum. I mean, I did struggle with like PPD and stuff after, but talking about like body wise, I did snap back kind of quickly and the pregnancy itself was just easier. So going into my second, I was like, I know exactly what to expect and I know exactly what to do. And things were just different. Yeah. So with my third and fourth pregnancies, I knew at that point not to have all these expectations, you know? Right. Because who even knows what will happen? <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I think like it's normal for women to, right. you know, like go through this process and have these expectations or be like, I'm going to eat everything because this is the time I can do it. And then it's like, they get into it and then it's just like nothing like what they thought it would be. Exactly. So there's definitely a fine line between the I'm now eating for two and I can eat whatever I want because this is the only time I can gain weight and not be judged like <laughs> point of view versus the point of view of I don't want to gain a lot of weight because I don't want it to be hard afterwards. So I'm going to extremely restrict myself mm. um, during pregnancy so that I can snap back afterwards. So there's definitely a fine line between the two and you will find a lot of people on both sides. Of that pendulum there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, because in reality, like coach wise, knowledge wise, it's like, you know, the average woman would need anywhere between like 300 and 500 additional calories a day, which, like, when you think about it, is like a good size muffin. Right. It's not that much. <laughs> I mean, you could have like half a Snickers bar. <laughs> yeah. It's not as much as people think, for sure. It's not. And I'm sure it feels like you're going to die if you don't just keep eating. It does because you have to think like our bodies, our hormones, everything are made to make us feel hungrier, to make us eat more. But unfortunately, we have a long-standing history as human beings as overdoing it. So mm -hmm. our bodies are making us feeling hungrier. And instead of just eating that little bit of extra that our bodies are trying to tell us we need, we go overboard. Yeah, like... I mean, this is probably why I'm pretty glad that I've never gotten pregnant because I would be that person. I would be that woman who is like, I can do everything, I can eat everything and like face plant into a pizza and never come up. <laughs> right. So what have you found to be like the hardest part about 
just like being postpartum for you? 150% it's body image, just kind of no matter what, no matter how like self-love positive you are, it's still hard. And that's why I try to be really open about it on like social media and share different things because what helps me is seeing other people being open about it. Like when I see different people who are high up in, you know, CrossFit and have competed at the CrossFit Games who've recently had babies and they're posting pictures of their, you know, little bellies showing and, you know, posting about how, hey, I haven't lost any weight in the past few months. And that's okay, because I'm focusing on fueling my body and fueling my baby. And I know that eventually I'll get there. And it's all of those little reminders and seeing other people and being like, man, she looks awesome. Does she look like she maybe had a baby recently? Yeah, because she did. And she still looks amazing. And getting that reminder of, okay, maybe I look like I just had a baby recently, but I still look awesome and amazing too. And I'm still making progress. Yeah. So I think being the more open we are about it, the easier it is to deal with. Because no matter what, it is so hard. You get this baby out of it. And especially people who have been struggling to try and have a baby, then you have this guilt aspect to it too, because they're like, man, I wanted this so bad. And now I'm unhappy because I don't like what I see in the mirror. And I know that I should be feeling blessed and be feeling grateful because I finally got this beautiful baby. But like my body is something I've never seen it be before. Yeah. Like there, like you said before, like grace, you know, like you just right. the human, like that's a huge deal right? and it needs to be honored. It, you know, it takes time to see yourself in a new way and different. It's never going to go back. You no. can't go back. Like, no, you have had a child. Now your body is different internally, externally. You're not going to go back to this like weight or body look that you had when you were 16 years old in high school. Like that's insane to, to think will happen, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, you've achieved something beautiful. You've had a child. Like, and you can still look amazing. You know, it's like, you're not going to get back to this whole pre-pregnancy body, but you may end up liking your body better. You know, it's just, you've got to give yourself that grace. And just even when people expect it, it's still when it happens, it's hard to deal with. Things feel the same. They don't look the same and it takes time. And just, I think all of us who have been through it and are going through it, just the more we talk about it and are open about it and people realize that it's not just them and we're not hiding our bellies and our stretch marks and everything under all of these clothes and making it look, you know, posing certain ways that make it look like we're smaller than we are that then puts into all of these women's mind that something is wrong with them when they don't look that way too. We're all going to look different. Some people are going to lose it faster than others, or, you know, some people may lose in their stomach first, where, you know, for me personally, I always lose everywhere else first. And then I know from experience, like that's the last place for me to lose it. So I'm not saying like women who look amazing after are supposed to hide their bodies. Like, no, it's just knowing that we're all different and we're all going through these changes. And those of us who are going through it can just be open about it and talk about it. Yeah. I mean, you just did a photo shoot, like a kick-ass photo shoot in like booty shorts and sports bras. Like, what was it? were you like two months before? Three months? Three months. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no fucks, just doing it. <laughs> and that is, of course, not my, like, for me, that's not my goal body. That's not my favorite way that I look. But 
I still felt great during that shoot. And I also knew like, hey, I have certain areas that I'm not happy with right now. So like, let me just pull my shorts up to cover those and let me, you know, make myself feel good. There's nothing wrong with making yourself feel good. And, you know, dressing for your body type. And if it's wearing those high-waisted pants because they hold that in while, you know, you're working on it, go for it, you know? And that's what I did. I was like, hey, I'm not where I want to be yet, but I shouldn't be. I'm three months postpartum. So I'm going to dress in something that, like, looks good with where I'm at now and makes me feel confident and just freaking go with it. It's so frustrating to me that it's like women need to be given permission or be told that like, it's okay for them to want to improve or, you know, or improve upon their looks or it's okay to not be where you want to be and like to have in your mind, you know, where you want to go. Like, yes, it's, it's about loving yourself as a being where you are right now. And like, we don't have to love every inch of our bodies. Like, sure. But liking where you are at like as a being as a person and then you can still be working towards these physical goals and I almost feel like it's shamey now like it's it's kind of like if you want a smaller physique or you want to lose some weight or fat or you know look a certain way it's like it's almost like shameful like now (laughs) people are telling you like people people have turned the self-love and like normalizing normal body thing into now nobody should ever want to lose weight or change. And it's like, yes, you should love where you're at now because it's all part of the process and it's still you. Yeah. It's still you. But, you know, where you're at now also doesn't have to be forever. There's no reason why you can't get better. I mean, we don't tell people who are going to school to get their doctorate, like, well, why don't you love where you're at now in your life? You know what I mean? Like, Right. They probably are still happy with where they're at in their life and their career, but they want to do more. And Why are you thing, going? Right. It's the same thing with our bodies. If you ask me, yeah. like that doesn't mean that I hate myself now. I just know what I'm capable of or, you know, what I want to do from here. So yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a really good point. Like, it's a good way to put it. It's kind of like, why are you going to get your master's? Aren't you smart enough? <laughs> right, right. Like, aren't you happy with where you're at now? Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I can't work myself. <laughs> I like that. No, oh, I think that's really good. <laughs> I think that's really good. I actually, I'm I'm not sure if it's going to be before this episode or I'm full of analogies. <laughs> or after this episode, but like, I am doing a whole thing on anti-diet culture and diet culture because it's like diet culture itself, obviously we don't want that. We're done with that. But like the pendulum is swinging and now we're in this like space where it's just like, don't shrink yourself and like, you can't want this or like, don't lose weight because you're fine the way you are. And it's like, but if someone wants to like, let them do it. It's all of the extremes. It's yeah. the diet culture with the extremes of, you know, taking extremes to get there and expecting this extreme thinness and this body fat percentage that the majority of us aren't healthy at. And then it's the extremes in the other way. Like, oh, well, if you're going to be anti-diet culture, you have to be just happy with wherever you're at and not strive for anything. And it's like, no, yeah. no. <laughs> I mean, it's like anything like personal development, you know, like we're never done. We're never done. No. And it's not all about like looks, obviously, but like who doesn't want to look good? Like, can we just 
be okay with like the fact that people want to look good. I mean, it's not just a societal like stigma sort of thing. It's like, you know, sometimes you just want to like look in the mirror and be like, fuck yeah, I look good. I feel good. I like how I look. <laughs> right. 90% of the time with COVID right now, okay. I'm not leaving my house. Right. <laughs> I still brush my hair and sometimes put makeup on and brush my teeth because it makes me feel good. Like, yeah, no one else is going to see me, but I still right. feel like we have to get over this idea that it's for everyone else. It's not. So good. So true. I like it. <laughs> it's so, I mean, I look like a scrub 99% of the time, but it's like, yeah, you know, it's like sometimes you just wake up and you're like, I'm going to put on a cute outfit. I'm going to the grocery store or I'm not going anywhere, but who cares? Like, it makes you feel good. And sometimes like just like when you look good, you feel good. You know, like when you put on your makeup, it's not like, oh, I hate my face. I'm putting on my makeup. It's like, I just feel really good. Right. I feel like I look good. I like how it looks. And it's like kind of sad that we have to even like justify that or say that because it's like gotten to a place where it's so weird. I feel like. You mentioned that you had a little bit of postpartum depression. Is that yeah. with just your second or was that? Um, it, it, was main, it was actually mainly just with my first. I think I've had a touch of baby blues with all of them, which is just normal. Almost everybody kind of goes through that just because there's yeah. so many changes with a new baby. But with my first, it was definitely like full-blown postpartum depression. And I just didn't really realize what it was at the time. I was just my anxiety was through the roof. I was literally to the point that I was scared to leave the house with her because I was so worried that if I took her out in public, like if we were at the grocery store or we were out to dinner and she started crying, like what if I couldn't get her to stop crying and like people would be looking at me and judging me? And what if she's hungry and I'm so nervous about breastfeeding in public? Like what if someone says something to me or like, I just, I was so worried about every little thing. I was up all night, like checking to make sure, like, is she breathing? Is she okay? Is she, and then I was so tired during the day. I had no energy to do anything. Mm. And it was like this never ending cycle of just being anxious and not having in the energy or the desire to do anything. Eventually it got better. I mean, probably around like a year postpartum, seriously, like between six months to a year, it was a long time a lot of that just started to kind of fade away. I started being more comfortable going out in public. And some of that is, you know, she's getting older, a little bit easier to deal with. And, you know, I was a first time mom. I really just didn't know what to do. Yeah. But that was probably what gave me all of that anxiety. And it just, my main reason for talking about it now is I know that if I had known what it was at the time, and I mean, I was a nurse then too. Mm. I had learned about postpartum depression. I knew all of the signs, but when it was happening to me, I wasn't seeing it. So just knowing to just open up and talk about it and find someone who can help you, your healthcare provider, whatever, because you don't have to live like that. Right. And it was miserable. And I felt like I couldn't enjoy my first baby. And my husband and I were not really like connecting then. We were not really enjoying each other. I was just so like sleep deprived and tired. And a lot of it was self-imposed because, you know, even when she started sleeping, I still wasn't doing that myself. And at the time I was also working full-time night shift and my husband was working full-time day shift. Yeah. And <laughs> it was right. And I wasn't really comfortable with putting her in daycare. Like I was the type of mom back then who was like, 
I really didn't even let other people hold her. Like as soon as she started crying, I needed to take her back. No one else could take care of her. Like I could take care of her in my mind, you know, where like now with fitting in, I'm like, you know, fourth baby. I'm like, sure. You want to hold her? Great. You know, just let let me know. She'll get hungry again. Eventually just let me know when you're done. Like put her in a box and mail uh, her back when you're done with her. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like you'll give her back eventually because she's going to get hungry and you're not going to want to deal with it. Like it's just totally such a different situation and so much more enjoyable now and with, you know, subsequent pregnancies and babies than it was then. And that's why I say you don't have to live like that. Like something is wrong. That's not normal. And I didn't really know that then. My whole point in saying that was I wasn't really comfortable putting her in daycare. It was also super expensive. And back then we really didn't have that kind of money to be spending on daycare, even with both of us working full time. So what we did was I worked 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. night shift at the hospital. I would come home around 7.30, 8 a.m. My husband would get ready for work and go to his nine to five. I would be home with the baby all day after not sleeping and trying to work in naps here and there. And then he would come home at five and I would have to get ready to go back to work at seven. Any days off that I had, because I would work three nights a week. So any days off that I had, I was trying to sleep when my husband would be home Mm. because I was so tired trying to catch up and I was more comfortable sleeping during the day when he could be watching her than I was sleeping at night because I was so worried, like, God forbid she stops breathing, you know, whatever else at night. So it was just this huge cluster. Like him and I weren't getting to spend any time together. I was emotionally just a wreck. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't have any energy. Like it was rough. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like there was a lot of contributing factors to that, like made it like extra tough. There was. And at the time, the job that I had, I kept asking to go part time, like trying to protect what mental health I had left and (laughs) energy I had left. And they just weren't really willing to budge with me at that point in time. And the boss that I had then, basically, when I was trying to explain everything I was going through, and like, we can't afford daycare, and I really just don't want to put her in daycare, like, I'm not comfortable with it. And he basically told me, like, you'll have to suck it up and put her in daycare. Like, that's what the rest of us have to do. But if I can afford to cut my hours a little bit to go part-time, that would be less of a financial hit on my family than trying to put her in daycare. And then I would be more mentally stable and happy because I would be sleeping more and be home with her more. Like that should not be your resolution to your employee coming to you with all of these issues. So I ended up leaving that job and I went somewhere else and had an amazing manager who was so great with my schedule and just so awesome. And you know, what I was asking for wasn't anything crazy. I wasn't asking for a huge pay raise or some crazy schedule. I just wanted to go part-time and we had the positions available. And basically he just, I wasn't worthy to him at that point in time. So I went somewhere where I was. So that would be my other suggestion is so many of us women are caught in a terrible place between our careers and our family and find something that works for you. It's out there. It may not be comfortable. And it may require some change and everything else. But for my family and for my mental health, you know, having kids and everything at that point in time, I had to switch and find something that worked better. For yeah, I mean, it ended up being better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's like, 
I mean, I think there's so much fear. I mean, just for anybody like to make a big change like that, a shift in order to do something that works better for you. There's all those like logistical things like what if this and da da. But at the end of the day, like those are all figure outable. Exactly. You know, like they're all like logistics are logistics. You you figure it out, but if you're frigging miserable, I mean, like you just needed some damn sleep, like you know, like like if you're miserable and you're not getting your needs met and you're just like in this constant cyclical hell, like yeah, make the leap, you know? Yeah, it's out there. There's something out there for everyone that will work. And every job I have had since has mm-hmm. been great. Good. But of course, that was actually my first job coming out of nursing school when I had Penelope. And I just didn't know, you know, what else was out there and if that was normal and mm. was scared to leave. And I had so much stuff going on at home that I just didn't want to have to go through that process, you know, but then I did. Yeah. And everything got so much better. And when I say it was, you know, somewhere between that six month and one year mark that I started to feel so much better, that's also around the time that I left that job and got a new one. So yeah, made it happen. Yeah. Yeah, man. I feel like you kind of need to have a shitty job though, before you can like really appreciate a good job. Like a good boss. 100%. (laughs) Because then you're like, this is amazing when it's like, you know, just. And everyone else is like, what do you mean? This is normal. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> That's how I feel like with a lot of things, like just in my business, I'm like, please go work for someone who sucks. And then like, go work for me. Like, 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 yeah. We'll be like, wow, this is nice. Oh, wow. You don't yell at me when I fuck up. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's like so much better. Wrapping it up. What would you say to like the woman who is going through her pregnancy, which will eventually end, or, you know, the postpartum journey and wants to just, like, where does she start? What does she do to feel good? You have to prioritize yourself. You just do. And I think that's also one of the differences in my subsequent pregnancies and postpartum period from that first one was because she was my first baby, my whole world revolved around her. And I mean, to an extent, Sure. Yeah, it should. You're having kids. You've got to take care of them and take responsibility for them. But you're also still you. You have to still prioritize yourself because if you're not happy and if you're not feeling like you're working on becoming the best you that you can be, you're also not in as great of a place to be a best, like the best parent you could be as well. I know when I'm in a better mood, it's typically because I've worked out or I've paid attention to my food or... I've just stepped away and taken a breather from the kids when I needed to. And then I come back feeling happier and more able to focus. And that makes me a better mom to them. I don't snap as easily. I don't get as frustrated as easily. I don't get upset with them when they do silly things and spill milk or, you know, whatever else. I don't fly off the handle because I am in a more stable place because I took time for myself. The world will continue to spin. Everything will keep going on. You can step away for a few minutes and take some time to yourself. And if you have a partner, I mean, I know it's harder for people who are single parents, but if you have a partner who you can help delegate tasks to and just be like, hey, you've got them for an hour because I'm going to go walk or I'm going to go work out or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, do that. Don't feel guilty for it. You're the one whose body has completely been just like, through this tumultuous process, like 
they will be fine yeah. with the kids for an hour or whatever else you've got. This is a joint responsibility raising kids. If you yeah. have a significant other and they are in the If you have like, a significant yeah. other, they are just as responsible, if not more, in that immediate postpartum phase, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. you are recovering. Yeah. We're trying to find yourself. Their life has changed too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say that it hasn't, but like your whole body, everything, your hormones, everything have changed and like they can step up. Yeah. I love that. Don't be afraid to ask for that. And you know what? If you are single, like we all have, there's got, you know, there's going to be some person or people in your life you have support from. You know, like my sister, she's got two kids and sometimes it's just like, just ask, like, just ask me and I'll show up for you. Like, if you need something like, please, you know, I don't, if it's, if it's pick, pick one of the kids up because they're sick or, you know, how shit, if you want to go on a date, like, let me know, (laughs) you know, like take care of you. And I think that we really need to let go of like, you're weak because you ask for help. Like you ask for help because you're strong and you know that you need to take care of yourself. And I will die on that hill, you know, that you take care of yourself first because it's cliche as fuck, but you cannot pour from an empty cup. And the more you pour into yourself, the more you can pour into other people. So if you don't have kids yet, and this is like, you are starting a family or you're working on it in process, like get in the habit now of putting yourself first and it's not selfish and you're not taking, it's not like you're putting the kid in the cabinet and like working out, you know, it's like, you like, oh, you gotta do what you gotta do. Don't judge me. Yeah. Right. Like, (laughs) no, my kids are not in cabinets right now. Dogs are fine in crates. You can't do that with a child, but (laughs) disregard all of that, you guys. Uh, (laughs) But seriously, it's like, you know what, like you're going to have so much more energy and love and like, do not like that guilt is not yours. That guilt is coming from somewhere else. And whether that be society or like um, a parent or someone who's like, I didn't take care, you know, don't let that external guilt affect you. Like take care of you. You're going to be a better mom for it. One million, a better human for it. Yes. Don't listen to that bullshit. First of all, women are expected to do way more than ever now. I will not have anyone telling me when I had kids, I did. Don't care. (laughs) Things are different. So yeah, don't, just don't. (laughs) Time's changing. Well, thank you so much for popping in today. I know we're going to have many, many, many more conversations on food and body and body image and you guys Danny is available for one-on-one coaching for if you count macros she has got you on that and we are opening up our BB program again a couple weeks I'm guessing I think in mid-October so that's gonna open up soon and it's very simple if you do not know what the heck a macro is or you've never tracked food before but you are interested in being healthier Maybe you want to lose weight. Maybe you want to put on weight, whatever, whatever your goals are. It's an awesome, awesome program for that. And Danny is one of the coaches in that too. So you get so many doses of me and Danny (laughs) in the BB program. Or like I said, you can totally get to your goals with one-on-one coaching. So thank you guys so much for checking in today. And if you love this episode slide into my dms let me know what you thought hit up danny and we'll catch you soon 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Self-Love Breakfast Club. If you enjoyed it, please share with your friends and tag us in your Instagram stories. See you next time.